Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Gay With God podcast, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Or are we still searching? The stories you hear on this podcast will melt your heart and strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible and you can be authentically gay with the God of your understanding. I'm your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Gay With God podcast. I'm Midge Noble, and I'm your host, and I have a a repeat attender today, and I'm so, so excited to have her here. Um, she just lights me up and I, I I just love her so much. So if um, so, Kim Clark is a diversity, equity, inclusion, educator, speaker, consultant and author. She is the co-author of The Conscious Communicator, The Fine Art of Not Saying Stupid Shit, available wherever books are sold. She's led employee communication teams at global brand tech com- companies and teaches media literacy at San Jose State University. In 2006, Kim produced the documentary God and Gays, Bridging the Gap, which was inspired by her own coming out story. If you want to see previous times that Kim has blessed me with her presence on the Gay with God podcast, you can find her. um, She was here in November 2022 and she returned. I know it's been a moment and she... (laughs) And she was with me February 2nd, 2023, and she's back today. And I'm so excited. We've got a great show um, for you today. We're talking about our community, and we're we're not talking necessarily about the coming out today, but something better, almost. It's better because Mm -hmm. we open up diversity, and we're opening up faith, and we're opening up maybe not faith. So I can't wait to delve into this with Kim. And so, Kim... Welcome back. It is such a pleasure and an honor to be a part of this conversation. Like you have no idea. I really, (laughs) I really appreciate being back. Thank you for having me back. You are welcome. You are welcome. So let's just dive in. Go ahead and get started wherever you feel you want to start and we'll just hang on and keep going. (laughs) Well, I'm just going to go right to it, Midge. Yes, please. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um. You know, Christianity has been redefined as extremism Mm -hmm. in the United States. And uh, without any kind of sign of Jesus's love Mm. for the marginalized, right? It's Mm -hmm. um, an indoctrination with rules and regulations and cultural expectations that you're either in or you're out Mm -hmm. that doesn't reflect the Christ consciousness that is at the core of Christianity. There's a lack of tolerance, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And we can just specifically look at the LGBTQ plus uh, folks as part of my consequence of coming out after being a leader at a church, teacher at a church, you know, being a lifelong committed member of Christian churches. It was when I was 28 and going, yeah, 28, that the consequence of my coming out was to be asked to leave the Mm -hmm. church. Mm -hmm. Um, 
one of the things, uh, and then I lost all my friends because they were all based within the church. Uh, oh. my, my whole world was my church, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My social world, my boyfriend, he was one of the pastor's kids. Um, you know, so that was my whole world. I had my job at a rock radio station, which is diametrically different than a Christian <laughs> church experience. And <laughs> so I go from that environment and then I would just get my spiritual cup filled, you know, working mm -hmm. in, in the church, teaching, running the drama club, etc. And so I lost all of that part of my mm -hmm life in worlds, I was very much embraced in my rock radio station. They're like, cool, gay woman, right on. <laughs> and, uh, and so that was lovely. Um, however, I wanted more. I, 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 one of the greatest benefits of being raised as a Christian was that moral compass, mm -hmm. you know, that moral ethical, uh, way of looking and moving and living and growing in the world. Um, having that, uh, believing in something greater than myself, uh, understanding that there is a great creator that created everything that I'm looking at, including the people I don't like. <laughs> yeah. And in my, in my spiritual path, I have come to realize and be more inclusive of all the different ways that God is described gendered even the church of england did you hear about this midge the church of england yes is looking at gender neutral terms for god wow i i, I saw church the most england. recent yeah I, I know that's just staggering to me because they just now said well we'll bless your marriage but we can't you know let you get married but we'll bless it <laughs> So it's like it's but it it's it, 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 they go back and forth. It's like they've had this whole discussion about about gay people in the church and and gay people in general. And the church, well, I guess the Church of England is saying, you know, that they they will bless gay marriages, but you can't marry them. You can bless the gay marriage, but you can't marry them. So they're still in that debate. But then yet they're thinking about taking gender and God into discussion. And that's like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. that's a big step yeah. to to think yeah, about shaking step. up that. I mean, we we even at the Episcopal Church, we've got some grumble mumbles when we try to use she for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right, right. Well, this brings me to the main main point that I would love to talk with you about, hey. and that is the whole idea of what you, you just mentioned around. Well, bless the marriage, but we can't marry you. Okay, it is so. I'll say egotistical, even though I don't know if that's the right word. Okay. Mm -hmm. So kind of give me some grace there. Mm -hmm. It is so egotistical to believe that you have like the solemn right to marry. Marriage is a legal thing. It requires this. Well, in the United States, state and county, there's nothing to do with the church <laughs> so the cojones if you will you <laughs> <love> say, <laughs> yes well yes. we can't marry you and it's like well no actually you can't because if i get married in your church it doesn't mean it's legal mm -hmm. so you you can't so to you know basically this is the main thing that i would love to talk about is crossing the line where where religion, where Christianity is crossing the line. And I referred to 
how Christianity is now being defined as extremism in the way that you vote, you know, so there isn't the separation of church and state. We need to call a thing a thing. You know, my mm -hmm. background and my work is inclusive communications. A key part of inclusive communications is calling a thing a thing. Mm -hmm. in, in these Christian environments where culturally you must basically obey, you got to vote a certain way. You got to shop at a certain place and you can't talk to other people you know, that are outside of Christianity, unless you're trying to save them. And when you're in the workplace, you can bring in this outside narrative into the workplace and say, I'm, you know, when you're talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, you're censoring me as a conservative voice. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not comfortable with that transgender uh, colleague that I have. I'm not comfortable with the Muslim that is fasting or wearing that that wardrobe. What's happening is that we have allowed this normalization of Christian definition mm -hmm. of our behavior that actually is keeping us from living the American promise, mm -hmm. the promise of America, this pursuit mm -hmm. of happiness, right? When we as now I, I do I do identify myself as more spiritual versus Christian. Mm -hmm. So I recognize that there's older traditions than Christianity mm -hmm. <laughs> around the world that have their own developed paths of mm -hmm. spirituality. Mm -hmm. And then the truths across these faiths that are undeniable that speak to us in a very visceral and a heart space is what I would consider capital T truth, right? But then there's all this kind of like man-made created bullshit that happens on top of it that is out of integrity of what it all really, what God, what universe stands for. Mm -hmm. And it manifests in the workplace and in our communities when we cross the line where our beliefs become the myth of universal beliefs, which is, I believe these things. I'm so committed to them. It's my worldview. You should be seeing it the same way. Mm -hmm. Here's an example that actually isn't about faith, but it gives you an example of crossing the line. I'm at um, a dinner party on Friday night. And there's someone in the 60s, you know, 19, uh, like uh, they're in their 60s mm -hmm. uh, phase of life. And sitting next to somebody who's in their 70s, who talked about going through these really intense certification tests that were hours long. There had a lot of rules and regulations, so no one would cheat. And she talked about all these things that she had to go through in order to gain this certain certification to do this certain kind of work. It was like hospice work. And the man in his 60s sitting next to her, both of them are white. And the man says, why would you do that? I wouldn't do that. Why would you even want to do that job if that's what you have to do? I wouldn't do that. There's this thing that happens for some of us that that doesn't make sense to me. Why would you do that? Because it doesn't make sense to me. And we're not pausing to hear ourselves say and kind of deconstruct what we just said. Like we should say, wow. I admire that you were doing that and that that was something you were you were willing to go through 
in order to help other people. I don't have it in me to do something like that. We own what is ours and we validate that other people are having a different experience. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so that's where I'm asking Christians across the spectrum, whether you consider yourself progressive and liberal all the way to super conservative, I see you and I hear you and own your shit. (laughs) Own what is yours. (laughs) You know, you don't understand a person who's transgender. I don't understand someone who's transgender because it's not my experience. But right. that doesn't mean I don't respect them, that I that I create and petition for bills to withhold their mental, their mental and, and physical and medical health. I have no right to do that. Right. Right. Jesus wouldn't have done that. I have no right to take away reproductive rights on someone who has capability of, of reproducing children and continuing our population in a healthy way manner. I have no right to tell uh, a multiracial couple that they can or cannot be married. I have no right. I can only stand in my truth and learn from theirs. But I have to fundamentally understand and recognize other people are having their own experiences just as maybe I don't want them to change me being conservative, or, you know, going to a certain church or believing certain scripture. I don't want people changing me about my fundamental beliefs and my identity and who I am. I don't have the right to take away somebody else's or limit or or um, mitigate or withhold or create barriers. Mm-hmm. And this goes into voting. Mm-hmm. This goes into voting. This goes into worship practices and traditions and customs. This goes into language, how somebody shows up in their wardrobe and their faith. I have no right. God is way more creative than my little tiny slice (laughs) of perspective of world, wherever I grew up and the people that I'm around. I am a product of where I grew up, the people that I'm around, the messages that I've heard Mm -hmm. on TV or in my environment the role models I've seen, the education system I was in, that's just one, that's my own personal unique experience. And that is true for everybody else. So if somebody says, I'm gay (laughs) Hmm. and I love God, that is their experience. I do not have the right. I do not have the authority to withhold that from someone else when it is their experience just like i grew up being straight that's all i know you know i mean that's not my actual experience because you know i'm gay but yes all you know it's like that was my lens yeah 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 exactly so we (laughs) yeah so we've got to we've got to check ourselves Mm -hmm. we've got to check that ego we've got to check ourselves and say "Mm, god taught me better than this jesus was a better role model than what I'm allowing my humanity to make a mistake here. But I am a human being, you know, having, I am a spiritual being and a human, uh, you know, having a human experience. That's right. So that transcendence of Christ consciousness and being led by that, that is what will bring us together. That 
will replicate and multiply the consciousness. And that's being a great Christian. Right? Well, it is. is it recognizing. is. Yes. I, and not crossing the line. Well, I love when you said, if there's something you don't understand, you don't have the right to change another person's understanding of themselves and their experience. I was at a funeral of all places this past weekend for a person in our parish. Sorry. Thank you. Um, He (laughs) was such a different experience for me because when I first found my way back to church, I did not expect to be sitting at a table in a formation adult formation class next to an older gentleman with a King James Bible. Now, I know that sounds weird, but from where I grew up, the King's James Bible was the word of God. Mm-hmm. Everything in it was literally true. You didn't mess with it. You read it and you believed it as is. Don't contextualize mm-hmm. it. Don't. Don't research anything. Just believe it. Right. Put it in historical context. That's right. No, 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 no. Don't do any of that. Don't be messing with that. So so (laughs) I come to the Episcopal Church. I I know that they are open and affirming that this is a great priest. This is a great group of people that I've already met. And I find myself sitting next to the King's James Bible (laughs) with a very no-nonsense Pentecostal background man who had a very (laughs) definite way of looking at the world. And I thought, yep. this is never going to work. <laughs> this is never going to work. <laughs> but, you know, he had some really interesting things to say in class. And I was young in the group, so I held my tongue for a little bit. And the one story the priest shared at the funeral that that I did not know had ever happened, but it was one that I was so, so thankful he shared. He said, you know, Gene came to me one day and he said, Father Joe, I don't understand why you're calling this thing marriage equality. All I know is it's gay marriage, and that doesn't sit right with me. And so Father Joe explained, well, Gene, all I know is that everybody is a beloved of God. Everybody should have the same equal rights as everybody else. Gay people just want to marry just like you and Rachel and and all the other people in this church who have married. They just want to be seen. They want to have their rights. Why shouldn't they get married if they're in love? And he goes, I never thought about it that way. I'll have to think on that some more. And he was open to listening a King's James Pentecostal boy <laughs> was open to listening to a different point of view. And what he always did is he would go research it. So he went and researched uh-huh. it. So he did the Fantastic. same thing with the Holy Spirit word. It was God, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and all of that is male. Until Father Joe said, well, you know, Gene, <laughs> the actual word in, Ara- in the Arabic and Hebrew, where Jesus would have been speaking, That's a female gendered word. It's female. And so he goes, huh, well, let me think about that. He went and researched it. He came back later and he said, 
I, I found the same thing, actually. I found the very same thing. So now I see why you're using the she when you talk about the Holy Spirit. But he was open. He was an old guy, and he was still open to looking across the table. As we break bread, that symbol of breaking bread, similar to you mm-hmm. know people would sit down with a cup of tea and talk things out. It's a way of being in communion with each other with respect and with honor and listening, not for how you're going to respond, not generating your own response, but listening in order to really, like you said, see the person and hear the person and give them the respect that they deserve because we are all of one breath. Somehow we all came from the same place somehow. And I don't think it's mm-hmm. it's clacking together. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've never understood mm-hmm. the big bang theory because it just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, especially when you're a spiritual person, science that's can right. be challenging. <laughs> See, that's right. That's right. We believe it, in miracles. Yeah. We believe in, you know, yeah. all, all kinds of different things. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so I love uh, what you said that's about that. To hear. Yeah. But yeah. it doesn't happen enough and it doesn't happen all the time. And and the the allure of having a separation of church and state, I don't think that's ever been the case. We, we use it as mouthpieces, but it hasn't happened. Yeah. I want to ask the question, like, where and how are we opening ourselves up to have the conversations that are needed that are actually productive in healing? Something Mm -hmm. I shared with you before was when I made God and Gaze, Bridging the Gap, the documentary, Mm -hmm. that was a facilitation tool. It allowed a third party to come into any kind of relationship, whether it's within a church or with, between a couple or parents of a kid who's struggling, you know, who may be gay or whatever. It was this facilitation, this third party facilitation tool that could come into a situation and say, take a look at this from their perspective. Mm-hmm. Take a look at the Bible in a way that you may have not been introduced to. Mm-hmm. And can you feel the love that's trying to transpire here? It just may look differently. Mm-hmm. Now, what other point is there that God created us innately to want to be in relationship with each other mm-hmm. than to see that relationships are teaching tools so I'm I'm in a relationship with certain people. They come across my life. Think about it. Like the way my sister phrases it is for a, a, a reason mm-hmm. or a season, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, um, or, or a lifetime. So that's how she categorizes it. And I know others say that as well. So relationships and people come to your into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And kind of having that flexibility doesn't, you know, kind of gives us some room to see mm-hmm. the value of that relationship for however it, how long it was. And when you're doing this work, there will be changing of relationships. As I mentioned, a consequence, which has turned into, you know, it's, it's, it was a consequence, but boy, all those people that kicked me out of the church and don't have relationships with me, they missed out on a pretty incredible ride of my life and all mm-hmm. the different things that I could have been a part of their life in reflecting and teaching them and helping them be, you know, 
mm-hmm. their best selves. And, and I missed out on being with them as well and helping mm-hmm. me continue to be work towards my best self. So, but there are going to be relationships that will end. Mm-hmm. And that, that reason may be because you need to make different choices towards who you believe God has made you to be. Mm-hmm. And if that is making room and space for LGBTQ plus people in your spiritual community, in your Christian church, not allowing racism from the pulpit, mm-hmm. speaking up about that, taking action against that, saying, I am not going to support voter suppression, uh, tar- targeting black and brown communities. But you know what? It's not talked about. All of those acts and legislative moves, redistricting, gerrymandering, all that is also impacting white people. Mm-hmm. So you are hurting your own mm-hmm. and people with disabilities and people who are older mm-hmm. across races and socioeconomic levels. Mm-hmm. So you are hurting each other. <clears throat> and so being in different kinds of relationships that's going to help you see outside of your very limit, every single one of our experiences are extremely limited and they are our own. They are unique. Take advantage of God's tools of teaching us and bringing us more and more into our greater yet to be, which is through relationships mm-hmm. and having that space to have conversations with people where you get to a point that you've learned something, they've learned something, there's a mutual respect there. And that you can grow from that interaction rather than dig your heels even further. That we respect where people are at. And like Reverend Michael Beckwith, uh, Bernard Beckwith talks about, Mm -hmm. welcome, come as you are. You can't stay that way. Mm -hmm. That's that's God's work in us is that we have to keep learning. Mm -hmm. And if we aren't loving through that learning, then we're wasting God's time that he's given us on this earth to live this life in this time of history. We're wasting it. We're pissing away an opportunity. Yeah. Well, and, and that's why I believe that, you know, the Bible is a living and a breathing document that we look at it historically as to what people were doing back then. We can learn teachings that are still relevant today, just like, you know, what Lao Tzu taught, what Buddha taught, what a lot of people are teaching about love and community and, and being together. Those are staples that are all through the Bible and all through our history of how we are supposed to exist and coexist and get along. But yet we pigeonhole that into sinner and not sinner. It's just too too defined and polarized instead of fluid. You know, God is a God of diversity. You know, we look at how the earth was created. We look at the plants, the animals, everything. It is a it is a, a creation of diversity. And those of us who look like we're on the outside to society are actually part of the integral moving of God, I think, as our diversity comes out and becomes more open and people become more aware of the diversity, they have to look at it. They have to start to think, oh, am I going to stay in my beliefs that I've had for my whole lifetime or I'm going to do something that this old gentleman with the King James Bible didn't say, well, let me think about that. (laughs) Not with judgment and ridicule, but with curiosity. 
How can we be curious and be willing to listen to someone else's point of view? And if that person is not doing something evil, and I know that's a term that, you know, everybody says, well, that's evil and we make judgments, but I'm talking about the kind of evil that takes another person's life that, you know, puts somebody in danger that takes away somebody's personal rights. You know, if that person is believing something different than me and they're living a different way than me, but yet they're loving and kind and, you know, living their best life, they're not hurting anybody. Leave them alone and listen. (laughs) Get curious. They're not hurting. Gay people are not hurting you. That's right. You know, um, transgender people are not hurting you. And back to my uh, my main point, you don't have the right, my friend. That's right. So to take away somebody else's rights. So 1619 Project is a docuseries on Hulu. And one of the interviews that they do in that it's based on Nicole Hannah-Jones's work from the New York Times essay from a few years ago, and then it turned into a podcast and now it's a docuseries. She conducts an interview with two Harvard University professors, and they lay out the, I can say this term here, come to Jesus moment Mm -hmm. of where we are from a political spectrum, Mm. where the infiltration of this Christian extremity, you know, extremism is infiltrating, you know, uh, and influencing political parties, where out of a two-party system that we have, we have primarily in the United States, and I'm, I'm referring to the documentary, please watch it so you can see it for yourselves mm-hmm. and make your own interpretation from what you hear. My interpretation of what I heard from the documentary is, and this is uh, from one of the professors saying that with a two-party system in the United States, when one party, 50% of the parties are dismantling democracy to take away rights and set these rules and expectations that actually limit freedoms. It's going to take us all down. Mm. And to your point of binary thinking, Mm -hmm. there's men and there's women and that's it. Mm -hmm. There's the word of God as it was written. That's it. And other forms of binary thinking that I have to go by with what the church tells me to do. Otherwise, my social consequences are too great Mm -hmm. for me to think and live differently. Mm -hmm. It's this or that. Again, God was more creative than that. Mm -hmm. But we have to be super honest about where we are right now and what part of the work are we going to spend our legacy on so if we call ourselves christian (laughs) you know they will know we are christians by our love Mm. if our church if our community if the cultural rules that we feel pressured to follow through with in our church community there's cultural rules that you have to abide by you have to be nice You can't question anything. You have to vote as the church tells you to vote, you know, depending on what, you know, political party that they assert and support, all that kind of stuff. And we saw this in the last two elections Mm -hmm. around white women in particular, the majority of white women in the U.S. voting for Trump. What is that about? Because we actually voted for somebody who is a misogynist. Mm 
mm-hmm. who actually has multiple allegations of assault towards women, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, openly and unabashedly, mm-hmm. unapologetically. Mm-hmm. Why are we doing this to ourselves? Why are we doing this to ourselves? We are doing it to each other and we're doing it to ourselves. We are actually limiting Mitch McConnell is in an interracial marriage. He voted mm-hmm. against protections of interracial marriages. Okay, we look like fucking idiots, Mitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. We have got to be honest of what we see and what are we participating in. We've got to say, time out. Whoa. What am I really doing? What am I really supporting here? And what do I stand for? What do I want to be known for? What do I want people to say about me when I'm not in the room? Like, mm-hmm. ask the questions, be honest about it, and take that introspection and say, no, I love God. I love God's creation. I love the variety of God's creation, the creativity of God's creation. Who am I to deny someone else's experience? Who am I to try to strip away and take away something that does not belong to me? Right. Hello. (laughs) Like, like let's check in. Let's check in with that ego, as I mentioned, the humility, Mm -hmm. and then saying, I've got to do something different. And I'm scared. And no joke. There's consequences. Like I said, lost relationships. You will lose relationships. You might, you know, have some problems at work. Mm -hmm. But wow. And this is what the documentary was trying to demonstrate is that it's worth it. Mm-hmm. For your own peace, for your own integrity. So if you hear somebody in your church or at that Sunday potluck <laughs> or in the break room with people who you go to church with talking about that gay guy or that transgender person or whatever, and they're making some jokes, I need you to say something. Yeah. I need you to speak up. I need you to be the ally in the room when, where we are not. Mm-hmm. Because as I, as I, you know, my work is centered around language leads to behavior. So when we hear that kind of language, they are creating an unsafe physical space for me, for Midge. We are faces. We are daughters. We are sisters. We are partners. We are moms. We are dog moms. <laughs> we are, you know, community members. We are real people. And that kind of so-called joking, when it's mm-hmm. not joking, right, creates an unsafe environment where I we are physically threatened. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a, you know, when there are pride marches, my girlfriend does not want to go to pride marches. She feels like we are sitting ducks. Yeah. So in this day of extreme violence, as the option that people are going to, to express what they have inside of them, that they have not been in supportive community environments like Christian churches to allow them to work through whatever is going on for them in a safe space to teach them coping skills to be seen, heard, and valued 
that's when we're resorting to violence when we don't have any of that when we don't have any of that support system what are we what are we doing yeah what are we doing to be that support system to help people not get to that point what are we doing yeah. there's there's so much that we can tweak and adjust to truly be the people that we believe we are and we need you Yes. Not as yes. a savior. We already have a savior, right? So we don't need you as like a white savior or a straight savior. We don't need you as a savior. We need you as an ally. We need you as an advocate. We yep. need you to protect us. So when we are walking around in life, just living our lives, we're just existing. That's all we're doing. We need to help people understand that our mere existence is not offensive, mm. whether it's our skin or our orientation or our, you know, uh, faith traditions, whatever it is. But right now, especially people with darker skin are treated as their, ex and transgender folks, I'll, I'll, and the intersectionality of, of skin color and being transgender, um, they're disproportionately, you know, uh, impacted from violence in particular to where their mere existence seems to be offensive to people and we need to get people who are offended by other people's existences to get them to a place where they can work that out talk that out own it for themselves and not cross the line and make it somebody else's problem mm. yes I, i've never understood why people have to be so blind to the idea that jesus was not white he was dark skinned right. Jesus right. modeled for us how to be in communion with other people, how he crossed lines, how he looked for the justice for everybody, not just the super rich and the white, which I don't think there were any white mm -hmm. people yeah. where he grew up. Right, <laughs> right, right. But, the you powerful know, elite. The, the saying, powerful yeah. elite. Yes. And that he mm -hmm. also was a refugee. You know, the, mm -hmm. you know, he had to leave and flee, you know, possible death when his parents took him across the line, so to speak. So we've got yeah, to remember that, that we are fighting against everything we say as Christians we believe and all the love that we're supposed to have for all of the people that God created. We're forgetting that God created all of us. Therefore, it's not a whim, it's not a phase, it's not a deviant aspect of our existence. It is our, right. that's how we were created to be. Because I can promise you, <laughs> I was way too young to know that I was gay, but I also was yeah. smart enough, even at a very young age, that I knew I would never be married to a man for obvious reasons. I didn't know it at the time what those reasons were. But mm -hmm. I knew that it could not happen for me. And mm -hmm. if we would only give the space to allow people to be themselves, we would have far less problems in this world because we would not have to be putting up so many smoke screens to, to cover up our authenticity, for one thing. And the other thing that I want people to remember is that, you know, when you change your mind, you are not giving up your Christian values. You know, I went from being completely immersed in the church to walking away from the church. And I lost friends from college who were the Christian college I went to because they started finding out I was gay and that I had left the church. So we had to break communication. 
when I came back to the church, I started losing friends that were gay because I'd gone to the other side and I was no longer not going to church. I'm now going to church. So therefore I'm the Christian. And now we can't be friends because now I'm Christian. I Midge, the soul of Midge (laughs) has not changed. I'm still the Aries, Mm -hmm. the math disabled child, (laughs) the person who can, can do silly things, say the wrong words. All those things that make up Midge is still here. It's just that my desire to move my spirituality into a formal way of worship has always been that theme, but I quit going because I thought I was condemned. Mm. When I found out I wasn't, I came back. Because once I came back, what happened? I was opened up to the path that God said, hey, are you now you're ready? Cool. I've been waiting for you. Now do this, <laughs> write a memoir, do mm-hmm. a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's get this thing going. Mm-hmm. Let's get the word out. Thank you for coming mm-hmm. back. I've been waiting a very mm-hmm. long time. <laughs> That's the thing. That's another Michael Bernard Beckwith quote where he says, your dreams are waiting for you to come true. Yes. Yes. God has, God has all the patience in the world. So let you us know, not forget. We just have to see it. That's right. And let us not forget that that the the people who are discriminating are sometimes those of us in our own community community. So we don't Mm -hmm. want the Christians to discriminate against us and whether or not we're going to church and who we love and who we marry. And our community needs to give us some grace, too, when we find our way back to our faith or if we don't find our way back to our faith. If you're Christian and gay, Open your ears and listen to why somebody else isn't wanting to come back to church. They have valid reasons too. We just have to listen and love and stay in our own lane. <laughs> yeah. And that's all we're trying to do is be expressions of love. Yes. That's that's, that's, yes. that's all we're trying to do. You know, we're trying yes. to love somebody else. I, I'm trying to love somebody else as a gay woman um, in the way that is in integrity with who I am. Yes. I would be lying. If I were married to a man, I would be lying. And that would be holding back the man from being his full self. And I would definitely hurt me and be my being my full self. I would be living a lie. Yes. Okay. Just as if we're asking a straight person to be with somebody who is of the same sex, that would feel like a lie. It would feel wrong. Mm-hmm. You'd feel like you'd feel bad for the other person that you're taking up their time that they will never get back in this lifetime. Right. So it's the same thing. Like yep. I, I couldn't do that to a man. Like mm-hmm. I respect somebody else's life journey and my sole purpose for this lifetime that God has granted me. And I'm just trying to express love. Now, something that I really appreciate as a lesson that I've gotten from the transgender community is what transgender folks teach me in their authenticity is self-love. Now I was talking about as a gay woman, I'm expressing love for someone else, right? Now transgender folks are teaching me through their authenticity, self-love. Like you have to get to a certain level of radical self-love to be a person of color, transgender, 21 years old in the South, mm-hmm. right? Because you're literally in, you know, you're under threat physically, mm-hmm. emotionally, 
from a job and economic standpoint, uh, church community, education institution, and how you're treated, right? You have to like really own and say yes to yourself in this self-love that I'm not, I'm not afraid of somebody who's transgender or non-binary just because I don't understand it and don't have that experience. What am I learning from it? Self-love, authenticity. Mm-hmm. They're t- my teachers. Those kinds of relationships are teachers to me. What can I do for my self-love so I don't take my shit out on other people? Right. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of um, transgender uh, poets, artists, et cetera, that are out there that are trying to get people to understand that, that their existence is not a threat. Their existence is not offensive. It's a, if you have a problem with it, then it's a reflection of your own lack of self-love mm. and how far off the road of authenticity you've gone. Mm-hmm. So if you're offended by transgender people, I want you to ask your question, questions of yourself of that. It has nothing to do with transgender people. It's about you. Mm-hmm. And looking back at ourselves, at yourself and saying, they really love themselves. They're living in their authenticity. That pisses me off. There's something in me that, <laughs> that doesn't feel like I'm giving myself permission mm-hmm. for that self-love. I don't know if I have the tools to do it. I may need support in that counseling community, whatever it may be, probably not a Christian community at first, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but And then that authenticity, living your truth. When you see it in someone else, it's like my mom. This is a quick story. My mom will say, you know, Kim, if I'm really angry about something, if I'm mad about something and I see you so happy, it pisses me off. (laughs) Because, I, I, you know, I want somebody to be mad with me. I want somebody to be miserable with me. And we laugh about that. That is true. It's true. Three loves company. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's crossing the line. That's Mm -hmm. another example of crossing the line that you want to be in a place where, you know, so she wants to like knock me down. So she feels more justified in her place. Right. And I don't want to be knocked down. I'm having a different kind of experience. I'm having a different kind of a day. Now, can I bring my, is it my choice to bring myself down to kind of meet her where if I have the space and capacity to do so? Absolutely. But that's my choice. Mm-hmm. But her knocking me down, not cool. Right? right. So same thing, like with somebody who is, you know, transgender, we're just going to continue with this analogy. Mm-hmm. Let it be a self-reflection. We don't get, have the right to cross the line and make our experience somebody else's. And to project mm-hmm. and to infiltrate mm-hmm. our experience and our worldview, our perception based on our limited experience when there's a sense of, you know, let's be honest, a jealousy of authenticity, a real lack of self-love that's being exhibited to us. That's a gift that gives us a chance to say, where am I not loving myself? Mm-hmm. Where am I not being authentic? And like I said, some of us are going to need some real support in that work. We may not have the skills. We may not have a safe space. We need to find that Mm -hmm. in counseling or whatever form that is, because some of these questions and some of these answers that we may or may not be ready for and the emotions that come with it, we're going to need some help with that. And we Mm -hmm. need to destick 
stigmatize the help and, and asking for the help because a lot of us need a lot of help in that area around self-love and authenticity. Yeah. And we need help understanding that the fear that you have surrounding the gay community, the transgender community and people of color fear is the opposite of faith and, and love and love because, mm-hmm. you know, fear and faith are beliefs. I learned this today from <laughs> the reason I'm quoting this is because I just learned it. And, you know, you, you repeat things you learn so that you can keep it in your head. So there's this great sure. lady named BB on TikTok and um, she talked about how f- you've got fear and you've got faith and those are both beliefs. You either believe in the fear of what you've been taught or you believe in the faith of what you are taught. But if you break down the word believe, be is one of those words like some something that you are. You know, mm-hmm. I am this. Yeah. I be. I am yeah. something. The word leave is love. Now, if you mm-hmm. have a belief, fear is never a part of God. God is love. So if you're believing in the fear, you're really not living in faith because you can't do that because it's not love. So fearing someone's gender, fearing someone's way of life, you've actually stepped out of your faith and into Mm -hmm. fear. And fear doesn't come from God. Now, the Old Testament would make you think that that's what needs to happen. But there again, people go back to context and a bunch of other stuff that was going on back in the day. It's not what's happening now. So opening myself up to understanding that every time that I step into fear, now sometimes fear is just a warning call, like, oh, don't walk out in front of the car or maybe don't walk Mm -hmm. alone at night in a bad neighborhood. There, there, There are fear things that I think that we kind of innately have to keep us safe. But I'm talking about the fear where I have to reject you as a person because I might go to hell if I like you or if I change my opinion about the Bible. God is open to all things love and you do not have to be living in fear because you're believing in the wrong thing. And we have to own what we do in the dark versus what we say in the open. Yeah. So I may treat (laughs) my gay co-worker just fine. And then I vote for people who are putting legislation or Mm -hmm. stripping the rights of my very colleague. Yes. And I don't know talk about it because it's taboo. And this is this these are the kinds of status quo things that, that keep reinforce the the problems that we need to deal with. Yeah. And something my mentor always says is what needs to be healed will be revealed. And that's what we're experiencing historically mm-hmm. and so, socially right now. What needs yeah. to be healed will be revealed. And that's mm-hmm. what's happening. So mm-hmm. you are out of integrity. If you are nice to the gay coworker and then vote against their rights and their Amen. safety and their mental health, you, you are out of integrity and I need you to work on that. That's not Amen. okay. Amen. You don't get to do that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. See, that's why you're back. And that's why you'll be coming. <laughs> I love these conversations and I love opening ourselves up that even in our gay community, you know, yes, everybody across the board, but people of the LGBTQ plus community, let's give each other some grace 
and let us move through mm-hmm. our experience in our faith and in our life together. Um, we also sometimes lean over into the fear and align with the people who are trying to hurt us. So we need to be careful that, you know, we're not putting each other at risk by not allowing us to evolve and grow and move and have our own being within our own culture. So love is the answer. Wonderfully said. It was an honor to be here, Midge. I really appreciate the space that you provide. Well, thank you. And I love you so much. And, um, and I do want you back. So (laughs) we'll talk more. (laughs) So guys, so I thank you. I thank you, Kim, for honoring us with your faith journey as it as it expands and how it connects with everyone else in the community. And I thank you for your wisdom and how you use language and how you are helping other people to see how we need to be very mindful of our speech and what we do. And I want to thank you listeners for coming back each week, supporting, sharing, and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to see more information and links to connect with Kim, go to the Gay With God show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. While you're there, also check out our Facebook group, Gay With God, where we do a monthly group entitled My Faith Journey. We've got one tonight, which you're probably going to miss, but we have it once a month. So let's Get over to the Gay With God Facebook group, sign up so that you can always get those Zoom links. And if you need support to help through your coming out or faith journey, go to the show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. Scroll all the way to the bottom and see how you can connect with me. Remember that until the memoir comes out every month, I'm doing my Ask Me Anything, that you can be a part of a monthly in-person live Zoom meetup with me. My next one is uh, March 9th. Seven o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And when I say ask me anything, I mean it. I'm going to blush depending on what you ask me, but you can ask me about the memoir. You can ask me about my life. You can ask me about anything you want. If I don't have the answer, I'll tell you truthfully and I'll probably go look it up. And if I don't, and if I do know the answer and it's something embarrassing, I will blush, but we'll be all right. You'll get to see all the incentives. <laughs> If you choose to pre-order the book uh, during, not during the time that we're live, but if you pre-order the book and you've been to the Ask Me Anything, you get a whole list of incentives that I've designed especially for y'all. And I'm so excited that people are choosing to do that. So the next one is March 9th. I'll send you a link. link. I'm going to pre-order. Yes. Yay. Yay. And uh, for those of you who are interested Um, You can find those links on my Facebook page, or you can go to the Gay With God Facebook page and get that link. So lots of things are happening, people. We we are ripping and roaring over here at the Gay With God podcast. So if you're listening to this podcast and are questioning whether you can be gay and be in a relationship with the God of your understanding, if you identify as LGBTQIA+, or maybe you're not even sure if you're gay. God has always been within you. And even when you didn't know it, you have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned to see how you can join the Gay With God community. And as always, you are loved. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. 
Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.